Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Strata Dundalk and Cavan. Our service departments are open with all HSC and government guidelines in place to keep you and our staff safe. Sales are click and deliver only through our website, blackstonemotors.ie. Stay safe from Blackstone Motors. Welcome to Late Lunch this midweek, Wednesday afternoon. I've started with weather each day this week, so I might as well continue in that vein. Anyway, it hasn't come yet. My prediction is holding holding firm. Now, there's a little bit more of a flurry, I have to say. I just checked before I sat into the hot seat here today. But I'm still saying, I said to you Thursday, we could have some. I think I'm saying now we're not going to have a lot, really. I, I'm, I'm pretty confident in that. And temperatures are coming up from Saturday on. We'll get a big sweep in from the Atlantic and it'll get milder next week. We'll be giving out yards about the damp and rain back again. But there you have it. Anyway, let's see where we go with this one. Welcome to the show on this bitterly cold afternoon. We have lots to brighten up your next couple of hours. I promise you. We're going to Italy. I can't wait to get back. Gronje Connor from Honest Boys. We've been tic-tacking with Gronje since last April in Italy. Good news from Italy. Things are really getting back on track. We're going to be talking to Grania on the show after three. We'll have our Dusty Springfield story continuing there as well. And a song. Tony Conlon's with us. Yes, he's been driving this very day the new Opel Mocha. And we're going to be talking about that in our motoring feature. James Tallon's here. He's from Martry Mill. And the demand for flour just continues to surge. And, you know, with Brexit, you think about this. We import a lot. Is there a big, there has to be a huge opportunity here now for Irish growers to supply our own raw produce to the mills to make the flour here in this country. Anyway, James, very interesting guy. Met him when he uh, started the mill up again. First, it was in disrepair and in 2012, he brought it back to life. Join me here on the show. He's back with me today. And of course, we want to hear from you. Don't forget the usual numbers on the show. 086-1800-658. If you have anything to say, you want to join in the conversation, give me a shout. That's the WhatsApp or text number. 086-1800-658. Or you can call in on 1850-715-958. I bet that put that old phone there on silent and <laughs> just reminds me when it beeps or if I had it wrong there I'll never forget the day the late great Jimmy McGee was here at me on the show for regular listeners you might recall it and I was interviewing him and the phone rang in his pocket it wasn't on silent and the professional that Jimmy was he just took it out and said hello and uh, he says you know who you are you're in live radio I'll, I'll. you know Jimmy he just carried it off brilliantly anyway my phone is on silent now just to let you know well listen um Swimming. Let's let's talk swimming for the next while. You know, this is my, this is how I I get on, and I can swim. And I learned many years ago in Gormanston Pool when I was a whippersnapper. But you know, when you go into a pool abroad, if you're on holidays, lovely weather, generally warm, you still get that. When you go into a pool in Ireland, 
into the sea in summer. Oh, mother of God, I can feel the cold myself as I sit here. But imagine doing that in this Baltic weather at this time of the year. Well, that's exactly what's happening up and down the coast here in the northeast as people take to the seas at this time. And we're going to talk to two of them now because joining me on the line is Jean Strong. And also with us today is Siobhan Woods. Ladies, welcome to the show. Hi, Jerry. You're very welcome. Lovely to have you both with us. Siobhan, I'm going to start with yourself first. Uh, Siobhan, tell us about your group. What's it called? Swim Tribe? Yeah, just Swim Tribe at the moment. Um, Some people are very attached to that name, so we're finding it difficult to to give ourselves a a permanent name, but we will. And what's the genesis of it? When, how did it begin? What's the story? Um, Back in September 2019, I had a shoulder injury and a friend of mine, Siobhan Cronin, suggested that I swim in the pool, uh, that swimming would be very good for it. And I hate swimming in the pool, so I took to the sea and it was a revelation to me. I just wanted everybody to know about it, so it spiralled pretty much out of control from then. (laughs) So... You started yourself for a medical reason, took the dip, and suddenly they all start to latch on to you. How many people would be involved in Swim Tribe at this stage? Well, we have two WhatsApps. Uh, one is for sort of sharing photographs and, you know, a bit of crack. And the other one is for strictly for times. So we try to limit it to time so you're not searching for it. Um, so there's different groups, particularly with COVID now, splintered all over the Mornington, Town, Baytown coastline. Um, we have about 150 in the time um, WhatsApp at the moment, but I think there's even more than that, to be honest with you. People yeah. don't, don't go into the WhatsApp group. And then there's plenty of other groups that have started since as well. Yeah, so there are lots of people in the sea off our coast swimming at the moment. So you started back then. Is this an all-year-round thing for you? Absolutely. I'm a bit, uh, I tend to challenge myself a lot, and I swam every day last year, Um for the whole year and then I told myself once I'd done the year that I would take it handy but I haven't missed a day yet either <laughs> um, <laughs> just back in and when you say it isn't snowing it was bitterly snowing there when we were in the sea and it was lashing against our faces and the sea was full of all sorts of funny creepy crawlies today and the birds were having gobbling up and uh, but still, we feel great after it. So you've been out already today and in all those elements. And I'd say a lot of that stuff in the sea with the east wind blowing in, there's a lot coming onto the shore and being churned up as well. Uh, that's obviously the reason because it is a cutting easterly wind. So you go out today. What, what time of the day? Were you out early morning? No, I was out there at half twelve, quarter to one. OK, so you're virtually only out of the sea. Yes, literally, I'm still sailing. <laughs> you're dripping still. <laughs> <laughs> Dean is one of the mad people that's going to be interviewing. She goes out at the crack of dawn at seven o'clock in the morning. Oh my, oh my. I'm going to talk to her in a second. So you're just back in. Is it true? You know, when when I was learning me geography at school, I used to pay a bit of attention to some of the subjects, I can assure you. And geography was one of them I enjoyed. We were always told that the in the summertime of the year, when the land warmed up, the sea moderated, it was cooler. And in the wintertime, it was the reverse. The sea was warmer than the land. Is that nonsense? No, it's true. And funny enough, I grew up by the sea and I was always told that too. We used to swim in the rain and that as well when we were kids. But as I say, I grew up by the sea, but it never dawned on me to go out into it. Mm. Um, you know, as you say, touching your toes in when you were on holidays in the sun was difficult enough, but... You know, we've just, the myriad of people we have from all ages, 
and the, you know the complexities of the problems that people have and issues that are all being solved from depression, anxiety, eczema, psoriasis, asthma, CPOD, arthritis, and lots of other things. But the big element for us when we started, and I know it's all changed now with COVID, was the the social aspect as well. Yes, we had, you know we'd sit on the shoreline and have coffee and chats, and you know your whole day is you know. You can do anything after you've been in the sea. That's the thing. Now, what yeah. about that line? You listen, folks. You can do anything when you've been in the sea. Not as yeah. easy. Now, look, I know, I know you're committed, but for somebody who's listening there, they think, "Oh my God, these people are are, are nuts." They're, 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 there's something. There's a screw loose or something here that they're doing this. But here, come back to this. The sea, the water is genuinely you're saying warmer winter time than summer time. Yeah, well, it is. I mean, yeah. I have a friend, Nick, and something in. Oh, it's lovely. It's lovely. It is not, Nick. It's freezing. It's absolutely freezing. It's Baltic. <laughs> and tell me this. You know when you go in, is it just a swimsuit you wear? Or do any people wear, you know, there's some great gear you can wear. They use it diving and things like that. Close to your skin, you know, a bodysuit or that. Anybody wear that gear or is it the swimsuit only? Well, it's funny you should say that. I've only just in the last two days. Uh, changed to a wetsuit and I've always been just a, a swimsuit. Okay. Um, but I changed in the last couple of days because I have been feeling the cold around my shoulders. Yeah. But particularly, you need to wear gloves and booties. Um, <laughs> the no, but seriously, it's a, it's a, psych, a, a yeah. physiological thing. The, yes. The blood comes from your, it goes into your core. So it comes out of your extremities to be yeah. more warm. Yeah, yeah. So that's, you have to be careful with that. And you do have to be careful. It wouldn't be a great time to start. Mm. But it's amazing how you adapt. I mean, I would just run in now in my swimsuit and it wouldn't bother me in the slightest. Now, now, Siobhan, be absolutely honest here. Do your do your little bits shrink? I don't have those little bits. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Can I tell you something? That my little bits, I know uh, for the few times I've experienced it, oh my God, when that cold hits. <gasps> well, you have to ask one of the lads. Oh, well, I, I, can, I can tell you that it, it does in my case, but I'm sure the lads will confirm that. But look, seriously, you know when you go in and that shock you feel, do, do you, is, is the advice that you just race in and down you go, the quicker you do that rather than tiptoeing around, the better? Well, it's different for everybody, but I, I, I'd imagine sort of you climatise and, and I would imagine the scientists or whatever would, would tell you that, you know, better off to go in slowly. And I, I think there's a lot to be said for that. Then you go out on a wavy day and it's the best thing ever. You, you can't think about it. You're splashed, you're wet instantly and you're, you're in before you even try. So yeah, whatever works for you, really. Mm. And how long do you stay in for generally? Is there a time or does it depend on the day and the mood and the weather and everything? Yeah, well, sometimes we do watch ourselves. Even sometimes I'm not feeling cold. I will be careful not to be more than 10 minutes. It's a very cold day because I know later on, even after I come out, I might talk to people. I might be fine, I might have my shower, I might be fine, but then 20 minutes afterwards, I could go into the, the after drop, which is, is not good. Yeah, yeah. So, look, you have to, you have to pay attention and uh, understand yeah. yourself and the conditions and everything. I hear what you're saying. Stay there with me because there's a young woman called Jean Strong waiting on the other line. Hello, Jean. Hello, Jerry. How are you? I'm great. It's great to talk to you today on the show. You have a particularly interesting story of how you came to join Swim Tribe. Tell us. Well, I certainly will, because the lady on the other end, Siobhan, was my inspiration. I had just overcome, finished my cancer treatment, feeling 
all over the shop and decided to go for a walk one day in September 2019 and encountered Siobhan and she said, Jean, would you come for a swim? And I said, I, I ate to and fraud and then eventually I said, oh yeah, I will. So it's worth the try. And I haven't, Jerry, stopped swimming since. <laughs> This is some great story. It really is. And you, like, you're, you, you you talk about challenges in your life. You, you're going on a journey, this cancer journey, and yet you head for the seas. Why? What difference has it made? Why did it pull you in and why are you hooked? What has it done for you, Jean? Well, I, I don't know, but anybody, I suppose, uh, having come through cancer, there's a lot of trauma in your life. And... Then I was doubly hit in that my husband, my husband was diagnosed first in March and then I was diagnosed at the end of May. So we had an awful lot going on at the time. Mm. So when I finished my treatment and met Siobhan that particular day, I said it's worth a try. But I felt so good when I came out. I just felt invigorated and I said I'm not going to give this up. Would you say... It's been a lifesaver in a way for you. Absolutely. And anyone I meet or anybody that would like to try it, I can't say enough about how good it is for your mind, your body, everything. And I'll ask you the same question. I think it's been confirmed already by Siobhan. You you were out early today. Yeah, I was there at 7. Yeah. 7 a.m.? Yeah. 7 a.m. every morning. I'm I'm actually involved at the moment in uh, Laura Lynn uh, Challenge and I go for my walk, walk down to Laytown, back up the beach and into the sea. <laughs> and is there anybody with you? No. Well, there's a few guys with me swimming, but there's nobody walking with me. Yeah, so you do the walk yourself and then you, you, you join others in the sea. And how long do you spend? Do you swim or do you just go in and bob up and down or what do you During do? During the summer, I always had to achieve to do... I started off with 25 strokes, then I developed to 100 and then I got it to 200. And once I do my 200 strokes in the nice weather, I'm fine. But I can't achieve that at the moment because the water, in fairness, Cherry, is too cold. <laughs> OK, and, and you're allowed. Of course you're allowed. Yeah. Do you mind sharing how young you are with our listeners? <laughs> I'm 70 years old and very proud of the fact and would you have swum or swam before this in your lifetime? Would you have been... I would have, you know, yeah. I was, I'm certainly not a strong swimmer or a competitive swimmer, but I can swim. Now, I wouldn't be yeah. any championships swimmer. I know, I know, I know. And there's no need to be either. Oh. I'm sitting here and you know something, I just listen in awe to you, what you're doing. You're really, really fantastic. Tell me this, I didn't ask you, Vaughan, this is very important. You know when you come out after the swim? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's the drill then? Quick dry into good dry clothes. What do you do to warm up? What I do is I have a container of hot water, that's paramount, and I throw it on my feet. I don't wear anything on my feet or my hands, neither do I wear a wetsuit. So I get the hot water on my feet and hands and get the togs off and the dry robe on and I'm gone up the road. <laughs> <laughs> so so you dress there and then you have other clothes that you just hop into and you're away? Yeah, yeah. 
You don't need a drink, a hot drink or anything like that. Well, yeah, they say that you, they recommend that you should have a hot drink, but I'm just up the road. I live up the road from yeah. the sea, so, you know, I, I don't delay. I just go up and get into the shower and get the drink then. God, you know something. You see women like you, they threw the mould away. Ah, they threw it away. It's just not there anymore. It's as simple as that. All I can say, Jerry, is if there's anybody listening to the programme, please, and they're feeling down or feeling not great with this COVID and they're anywhere near the sea, please, please get into it. That is just the the greatest recommendation you could have. And I want to say hello to your husband, Ron. He's a well-known man. I don't know about that. Yeah, he is. He is. I know he's well known, but I wish him well and uh, say hello to him uh, for us today uh, as well. You're simply fantastic. Just back to Siobhan before we go. Well, Siobhan, there's the poster girl. She absolutely is. And and, uh, just to be mindful, she is um, astronomical. She's something out of this world, Jean. So uh, I find the funniest thing when people ask me about the swimming, I say, I wish I could, but I can't swim. We don't always when we just splash about it's not a it's not really about that yes um jean is a particularly strong powerful woman powerful mind and everything don't be put off <laughs> <laughs> no and, 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 and w- a, a more a more mortal being can do it as well yes um you know i feel the cold something awful i used to anyway beforehand i'm a lot better yeah so it's for everybody. It's really for, for everybody. everybody. It really yeah. is, yes. And yeah. that's the thing to say. And it's something that, uh, as you mentioned earlier on, that is, that is helping so many people at this time when people yeah. are looking for help. And please, God, uh, with the um, weeks and months passing, you'll be back to having the little groups on the on the shore <laughs> when you get back in as well. And that social element of it uh, happening once more. Well, look at Siobhan. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks Happy swimming. And Jean Strong, keep on strong. You're fantastic. Okay, Terry. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me on the show. I Take uh, take care of yourselves. Aren't they wonderful women? That's Siobhan Woods there who started Swim Tribe and Jean Strong. What a story she has. She's a remarkable lady is right. But there you heard the girls say it is absolutely for everybody. Oh, I have the shivers sitting here thinking about it. We're going nowhere. Stay where you are. Back in a moment. Please. Anybody else out there uh, into the swimming? If you are, let us know. Love to hear from you. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Had a message there. Swimireland.ie. Check them out. Swimireland.ie. Go to the website there because there's lots of activities uh, that they have organised. And I just see one there. The Open Water Series. And thanks to Porik Rat. It's Porik that sent that one in to me today. Thank you very much indeed. So Swimireland.ie. The website there cold water and other water activities that people are taking part at the moment anyone can check it out and join in the webinars etc and uh, that is good information from Porik. thank you indeed for sending that on to us um, now uh, let me just uh, say something to you yes I, w- I want to mention this today uh, a really disturbing video was posted on uh, Dublin Live we just saw it a- about in the last hour or so ago of <laughs> What will I call these people? I, I don't know what to call them, but there's this fellow in particular and he's given it good old to a poor innocent donkey. He's absolutely beaten the living daylights out of a donkey 
and uh, somebody posted this video. Now, I think this can be fairly well seen in this or could possibly be identified, but there's a few of them involved in the Ballyferman area. But it's absolutely horrific, to be honest with you. And these people uh, think it's a bit of fun. So what they do is, there's a thing called, they're called raffling animals. So they get different animals and they raffle them based on a lottery ball number. And they think this is great. But here's the poor donkey being absolutely pounded by these guys, an innocent animal. And I was just thinking, what kind of deprived people are they to do that to an innocent creature? The level of cruelty, and it's not just these guys, it goes on in other areas as well. You know, the dogs and animals are kept in appalling conditions and treated awfully, tied up, cruel, neglected. You know, and we, we, we do say we're a nation of animal lovers, but there's an element out there, there's always an element, isn't there? who are just the below animals, to be honest with you. And you see that guy there involved in that, or, or the others involved. What would you do with them? You know, it's all right, you bring them to court, you find them, and off they go again, and they don't pay much attention to it. Do you remember a thing called the Cat of Nine Tails? People of an age would remember, or the Cat of Nine Tails. It was a punishment, and it was meted out to people in public. Um. And it is corporal punishment and it is banned in most places in the world. It really is. It, it exists still in a few countries. But I I have to say, that person who did that to that innocent animal, in my opinion, should be stripped naked and get a few belts of the cat and nine tails in public and let them understand what that poor innocent creature went through and worse. What do you think? Corporal punishment, punishment... And we t- you know, they go to the courts and a measly fine, they get nothing. There's no deterrent for people anymore. You know, and there's other things in this life as well that need to be dealt with more severely. But when I saw that video of that poor donkey, it's horrendous. I, I actually just had to stop. I couldn't watch it. It's on Dublin Live if you care to see what I'm talking about. But in my book, I'd love if that person was identified, arrested, charged, stripped naked and the cat and nine tails... And let them really feel what it's like. And I'd say that would start to soften their cough, to be honest with you. What do you think? Have you an opinion? 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me to the show. Am I too extreme? Am I... Is it... Have we gone away from all that? What do you think? Have you an opinion? Love to hear from you. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me. Or you can call in on 1850-715-958. Thank you for all your comments to the show. Jerry. I totally agree. We've gone soft on wrongdoers of all kinds. The cat and nine tails are a good horsewhip. I'm with you, says another listener, Jerry. all the way. I'm sick. Let them experience what that poor donkey has. I just had a quick, quick peek at the video Jerry thank you indeed I couldn't another one here I couldn't watch Jerry yes but I'd watch that brute being flogged thanks indeed 100% with you says Matty in RD the cat for sure and for anyone as well Jerry who would ever uh, have anything uh, any wrongdoing with a child Uh, thank you indeed Matty and there's another one savages Jerry beyond belief no Punishment too good. Thank you indeed. Keep your comments coming to us on the show. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me and I'll get it directly here to studio. Now, 
last May, June time, I remember reading in uh, the Irish Times about my next guest. See, I met him many moons ago when he restored the mill. We've been in touch since. But James Talent from Martry Mill last year said he couldn't mill the flour fast enough. Well, James, is it still the story? Hello, Jerry. It is, I'm afraid, still the story. The pandemic, of course, is still with us and lots and lots of people are still baking their bread at home. And you are the man supplying the flour. There's a few aspects of this I want to talk to you about because, right, the pandemic, the demand is still huge, as you say. What about Brexit? Because I was reading with Brexit that we import a lot from the UK and that would present a difficulty to us here in Ireland. Is that even even upping the demand more? It probably is upping the demand more. Um, we are importing, we import something between 240,000 tonnes and 300,000 tonnes annually brought in through the UK, um, usually French and Canadian, principally Canadian flour. And, um, but that's used in white flour and it doesn't actually affect me at all because I'm actually using native Irish wheat and producing my stone ground wholemeal flour. So whilst it affects the overall amount of flour in the country, it's not actually affecting me as such. So can you say that the supplies to you are adequate from Ireland? Are you receiving enough raw produce from the farmers here in Ireland to cater for what you require? Absolutely. I can get quite enough flour, quite enough wheat in this country, Irish-grown wheat, for the type of flour that I produce. I produce a stone-ground wholemeal flour, as I say, from a native Irish wheat. But if you're baking white bread and you want to, you, you need what's referred to in the trade as strong white flour with a high protein content. That's all imported wheat that comes in, as I say, from Canada and France. And most of it actually comes in through the UK. So do I see an opportunity there for us here in Ireland to say, hold on a minute, or, or can we? Is there, Can we grow what's needed to meet that demand? Of course we can. Of course we can, but it, it, again, it depends on what we actually want to eat and how we want to produce our food. If you think back years and years ago, people, when they were baking their bread, they tended to bake over a, an open fire yep. and they had not high-rising, low, sort of low-rising loaves of bread that they baked their bread and it rose three or four inches and they put it out on the windowsill and let it cool down. And now we have big high loaves that are about nine, ten inches high and you need the strong white flour for those loaves. But people baking at home and baking their own brown bread find that Irish wheat is absolutely adequate, tastes lovely, much nicer, in my opinion, mm. than a lot of the imported flours. Ah, I, I, I go along with you because there's bacon in our house every Sunday and there has been for months on end now and what's produced is absolutely beautiful. It really is and it is with the Irish produce and that as well. I can vouch for that. Tell me this, uh, back last year, I know your people were, your phone was ringing non-stop with retailers and others asking you, James, can you help us out here? Can you supply us? But I know at that stage you took a decision to say you've a lot of local customers here in the northeast and that, and you said that they were your priority. That is your philosophy. That is my philosophy. My philosophy always has been to look after the customers that we've had for years and customers. But I must say that over the last year we have increased our output considerably. 
and my son has now joined me in the business and he has expanded the business and we now supply sort of all the surrounding counties sort of from Mead. We're out at, we're in Dublin, we're in Wicklow, we're in Westmead, we're in Louth itself. So we've we've expanded quite a bit. Okay, and your flower, is it available uh, from independent stores? Are any of the big multiple stocking you? It's available through all the super value stores. Okay. It's available through super value and then it's available through small sort of stores as well and it's available through Avoca. And you will see it stands out in Martry Mill on the on the bag on the wrapper. You will see Martry Mill on the wrapper. Absolutely, you will see Martry Mill on the wrapper. That's very important. Now, look, you mentioned your son joining you. He's now fifth generation. He's now fifth generation. So we're five generations working the mill. Where my family are there since eighteen fifty nine, running the mill and grinding the flour. So I think we're very well experienced at flour grinding <laughs> at this stage in life of our existence. I, I, I can't argue that one, that is for sure. But I do know, having spoken to you in the past, you've had to fight hard to preserve the mill. Well, firstly, to restore it to its glory that it is today. And there was a time it looked like there wouldn't be water to run the wheel. Absolutely. That happened way, way back, as I say now, way back in the late 70s and early 80s, from 1979 sort of to 1985, the River Blackwater was drained and we were closed down for that six years. But the fact that we were actually closed down for that six years gave us a lot of time to do a lot of work on the interior of the mill and modernising it and doing up the interior. And um, thankfully, we got back into operation and the Board of Works facilitated the working of the water wheel, the restoration of the water wheel, and as they say, we're back in business. Mm. And you're eco, you're one of the most eco-friendly businesses on the planet. One of the most eco-friendly businesses on the planet, all we use is the water passing through (laughs) our our mill wheel, we take nothing out of the river and we put nothing else back into the river, (laughs) we just use the water as it flows by. You know, uh, it's great. It really is a great, great story. Now, I know you were developing, you mentioned your son joining you and, and uh, opening up new possibilities, of course, and that is wonderful. But I, I know you were a very popular venue for visitors and for children especially, coming to see how this actually worked. That's parked for the moment. Unfortunately, that's parked for the moment. That's parked during COVID. We can't actually have tours or open days during the pandemic. But we do hope as soon as the pandemic is over, we would love to get back into showing it off again, the mill and showing how the flour is produced. And we will be organising school tours and open days and all the things that we really look forward to doing and that we took for granted when when we were actually doing them. But we really miss them now at the minute. You really miss having the children there. And there's nothing like a school tour of a, a class of school children to ask you the questions really need to be answered yes because they just come out with, with, with a straight question and you give a straight answer to it they, they don't pussyfoot about asking whatever they want to know which is actually great and it's something that we really enjoy so it is something you'll go back to it's something you really want to and please god that will happen as time goes by you know we, we, we you know yourself we education is happening online and off lot at the moment but there is nothing to beat to visiting a place like there, yours to see it there is not there is nothing like it unless you're a child feed yeah. the flower in their hands and run it through their fingers and sort of bring home a little sample of flower and get baking with it having seen the, the flower being produced it really increases the enthusiasm in the children to actually bake and it, in fact we've had people coming to our open days who came just because they 
of school tours where the children came mm. to visit the mill and they were so enthusiastic when they went home the yes. parents came to the open day <laughs> isn't that great ah that's a great story just for listeners today you take in the grain just explain the process what happens it's simple isn't it it's a very very simple process and in reality it hasn't changed in hundreds of years the farmer shall we say grows his field of wheat and harvests it in August September and uh, the wheat is bought in and we buy it in now dry, already dried but years ago we used to dry the wheat in the mill itself so you dry the wheat from whatever moisture it is depending on the weather outside you dry it down to 14% moisture it might be 21-22% moisture so you have to dry it first then you clean the grain just take any chaff or straws or little bits of clay or whatever may be in it you clean the grain and we just grind it then into flour into wholemeal flour we use 100% of the grain we take nothing out of the grain and we add nothing to it so there's no additives no flavours nothing it's just the pure grain of wheat that's ground and uh, produced into the stone ground flour and it's exactly the same process in fact the millstones that we're using are well in excess of 200 years old so they've put thousands of tons of grain between them Oh, you can just imagine the hand of history that's on everything. And, and, and no byproduct. There's no byproduct because we use 100% of the whole grain. It's yeah. whole wheat flour, so we use 100% of the grain. There's nothing added, as I say, nothing taken away either. Now, your milling, you mentioned, you, you've had to opt to meet demand. Is it seven days or do you rest on the Sabbath or what do you do? Oh, we, we rest on the Sabbath. Good. We rest, we rest all right. <laughs> Good. We do what we can do, and that's it. That's good to hear. The Sabbath is important. Before that's you go, good. you know you're a great, uh, you're a great guy. You, you really are, and and your son there now is wonderful. Do you know what I spotted? You have, and it's timely as well. You do know that next Tuesday is one of the biggest Tuesdays of the year, James. It is surely. It is surely. It is Pancake Tuesday. It next is, Tuesday. Yes. and you have the yes. most wonderful recipe for wholemeal pancakes pancakes absolutely and can i tell you i can't wait to try them i'm going to do them exactly as you i'm going to get your flour and go through it the way you say here it looks like a gorgeous recipe i sure i'm sure you can vouch for it absolutely absolutely i the more people to try it the better so it's on your website. If you go to the Martry Mill website, the recipe is there, and I guarantee you I'm going to make them. Are you a thick or a thin pancake man? Oh, a thin. Yes. Rel- relatively thin. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And anything on top of them? Oh, I like a bit of honey on top of them. Yeah. Honey and a squeeze of lemon. <gasps> oh, jeepers, James, now you're talking. I'll be abandoning this position shortly if we keep going like this. I have such a punch on for the pancakes. They're really the lovely. Pancakes. But they'll taste, they'll taste twice as good with Martry Mill wholemeal flour. I guarantee that. Anyway, James, keep on doing what you're doing. Keep on milling. You're wonderful. And best wishes to yourself and your son for many, many more years of uh, wonderful produce emerging from Martry Mill. Thanks a million, Jerry. Thank you. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. One of life's real good guys, James Tallon. I'm intrigued by the recipe, folks. Just listen. I have it here beside me. I actually made sure I printed it off. I like to print things. Uh, I love the paper. Um, 100 gram of martyr meal wholemeal flour, two tablespoons of sugar, 
one tablespoon of baking powder, 350 mils of milk, four tablespoons of unsalted butter. Uh, this is the one that gets me. A teaspoon and a half of vanilla extract. That sounds lovely. You have to add 100 grams of plain white flour, half a teaspoon of cinnamon. I love cinnamon and everything. Half a teaspoon of salt and one large egg. And you just mush it all together, let it rest for a bit and stick it on the pan real thin, as he says. Oh, my. Can't wait to get it onto the pan. Jerry, I use that flour all the time and have done for years, says Nula. It's absolutely superb. Thank you indeed for that. Geraldine's been on to say, Jerry, back to the poor donkey. I agree with you totally. I am a person of peace. I'm not a violent person. But when it comes to cruelty to animals, don't get me started. I would just lose it all together. I think they should be jailed for something like that. And another message in there just to tell us, by the way, Jerry, that donkey has been rescued. So he has been rescued. He has been rehabilitated and is safe at this stage. And that is really, really good to hear. What about the French nun? She's 117. Did you hear the story? She was 116, 117. She's one, one, seven years old tomorrow. French nun got COVID and has pulled through and looking forward to her birthday tomorrow. Oh, great woman. Really great woman. Listen to this. Cecilia uh, was in touch with me from Dundalk to say, uh, she's looking for my opinion. Jerry, what do you think? I have a 24-year-old pen that was given to my four-year-old son at the time, so that leaves him 28, by a Dundalk gentleman in a small parts shop on the Dublin Road in Dundalk. Uh, they were getting in parts and the man in the shop handed her wee son a new blue Biro pen and told him that that's going to last you for a lifetime. Handed it to my son, should I say. And he gave it to him and said, now son, that pen's going to last you for a lifetime. Jerry, we've been using it all these years and have never had to refill it once since. It writes beautifully and the name on the pen is Duckham's. Now, I know Duckham's. They're in oil. They definitely produced an oil for cars and many other things as well. A Duckham's pen 24 years, never replaced, used and writing away. Would that be some kind of a record, Jerry? Well, you know what, Cecilia? If you're listening to us, give us a shout. Well, I have a number for you as well. We'll give you a shout on that and see. What about that, folks? Anyone got a pen? 24 years, a Duckham's pen, writing all that time, still going strong, never a refill. That's longevity, isn't it? It really is longevity. I love you. Always forever. I'll dedicate that to our late lunch listeners this afternoon. Lovely song, isn't it? It really is. Jerry, I so enjoyed your discussion with the Miller man a few moments ago. Yes, James Tallon from Martry Mill. Uh, do they do any por- porridge products? No, they just do the flour, so they do. They're not into the porridge. I-, I can tell you that anyway. I've had a number of people onto me as well. Well, first off, there's somebody there saying that they think that shop is still on the Dublin Road in Dundalk where that pen of 24 years came from. There you are. Maybe you can uh, confirm or deny that. Uh, the pancake recipe. OK, just for today and just for you because I said I love you all a moment ago. Here it is. Have your pens at the ready. I've had a number of requests just into me for this. You ran through that recipe too fast. I'll do it just for you again. There's just a few. These are the wholemeal pancakes. Martry meal, right? 100 gram of martry meal wholemeal flour. You must have that and you'll get it in the super values in your local shops. Two tablespoons of sugar. One tablespoon of baking powder. 350 mils of milk. Four tablespoons of unsalted butter. One and a half 
teaspoons of vanilla extract. I'd say that's very important. 100 gram of plain white flour, half a teaspoon of cinnamon, half a teaspoon of sea salt and one big large egg. Mix it all together, let it rest then onto the pan as thin as you can. How about that? Onto the pan as thin as you can. There you are. There's the recipe for you again. And uh, just one other thing to mention before we break. Coco's Law. We've spoken to Jackie Fox a number of times on the show. Great to hear that it was enacted into law yesterday. Online bullying. She lost her lovely daughter, Coco. And she's pursued that. And she's won yesterday. And Coco's Law is there forevermore. And it's a big step forward with online bullying. Time for your motoring fix for the month of February on late lunch. And joining us in a few moments is James Brooks. He's the MD of Opal Ireland. But first, it's our motoring man, Tony Conlon. Good afternoon, Tony. How are you, Jay? Good. Good, good to talk to you on the show again. Tony, you're virtually only off the road. Uh, we're going to talk today about the new Opal Mocha. And you've been driving it this morning. I was indeed, yeah, yeah. Granted permission and everything. Uh, thank God I was able to get out and get a bit of the countryside and see the car and drive the car and get a taste. And my God, I was excited to do so. Uh, yeah, very interesting, Jerry. The car itself uh, launched in 2012. It had a major update, I know, in 2016 and has sold about 6,000 units in Ireland. In fact, in its segment, it held about 16, 17% of the market share at one stage. Tony, you've seen the original, the updated version, this one. Tell us, what what do you make of the new one? I really, it's chalk and cheese as far as I'm concerned, Jerry. The, the new one, the almost brand, like in his own way at that time, but now... Now we're in 2021, and it's no doubt all about it. it's a head turn and the, the, the very of different power options. Again, this is something within the, the Gown Group, the PSA Group too. Now that Opel, uh, Opel has been distributed in Ireland by the Gown Group, so you have that wide, and uh, of course PSA on them now. You have that wide range of petrol engines and, and a diesel, and of course electric. I drove the one thirty brake horsepower, one point two, a three liter petrol Jerry. Absolute beauty. It was painted the most loveliest fight you ever saw. It came a red stripe around the doors and a black roof and black bonnet. And this lovely kind of verge going down the middle of the, of the bonnet to the centre of the, of the new Opel or the Opel emblem that's there and with the, on the new front. It was a pretty head turner, Jerry. Yes, head turner. So great to look at, uh, comfortable to drive. Just describe it space wise. How is yeah. it for the boot? Well, you well, know, well, what's the yeah, boot well, like on it? Space, space wise, uh, space wise. Well, it gets me questioning why would you know why would I want why would I want that and bigger? I want to go home and my wife will lunch lap for me fairly rapidly. But uh, why would I need that? And, and I sat in the back and all the boot starts off at three hundred and fifty uh, meters of space, and it's of course adjustable sixty forty split rear seat, and will fall down completely to over over a thousand over a thousand meters. Uh, Beautiful driving position, lovely dash layout, all modern, all modern dash layout, uh, LED lights front and back. Uh, everything is modern. And then if you stand back and look at the build quality and the those panel uh, shut points of the doors and the bonnet, open the bonnet, you have two struts holding up the bonnet. You'd be lucky if you got one on some prestige cars, never mind two. Mm. Uh, the whole layout, you can see the, the German input. What you can see here is Someone around the board tables, a lot of people on board table in Opel in Germany are turning around and saying, and let it be French input or whatever else, saying, let us get it right now. Let us, let's go out and improve things. This is their second new car, and they're really after doing well in January. 
you know. So okay, so you you, you're really impressed by this car. You mentioned it's yourself and your wife, two people. Is it a small family car? Oh, no, 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 no. What I'm saying that is, your question is, it, it would hold five people. It would yep. carry five persons. Uh, but your question, because there's such a comfortable uh, ride quality to it, comfort on the road, the handling of it. Like, I, I, I'm on mountain roads there in Wicklow today, and I was a bit dodgy, maybe snow or ice. But the, the grip factor, there was winter tyres on it too, well, was phenomenal in that sense. But the visibility, now, there's large A pillars, they're the front pillars, Jerry, and the B pillars are the middle ones. And they looked large, but believe it or not, it did not impede me with visibility. And I was driving left-hand drive variants, which is a little bit trickier on your own ground. Yeah. So the question is, this car won't be here till open, by April, excuse me. And I would say anyone on the lookout, we're in a pandemic at the moment, hopefully car, new cars will be sold online and everything else. It's lovely to see the new registrations out there. But just for, for people to sit back, just do a bit of study this. It, it could really be well worth waiting for. That's what I'm trying to say here. Let okay. Electric, that's another discussion. Whether yeah. you want electric petrol or diesel, this car could be well worth It's only a couple of weeks around the corner. Okay, so April, it's going to be here in, in Ireland. Um, again, the the space you're happy with, you have the letdown in the back to incorporate into the boot for golfers, anything like that. And the technology, Tony, goes without saying, your screen, everything's there at your fingertips. Everything, everything is digital and everything is uh, at the fingertips, everything, visibility and the, the whole dash layout, driving position, flat bottom steering wheel. Uh, here's the here, here's the here's the beauty. I drove the one brake horsepower, 130 brake horsepower Petra. It was an automatic, and actually, of course, the let uh, the electric is automatic. I think we should be looking forward to going automatic. The automatic is a beautiful little lever, or little little kind of slot thing you just press in the middle of the of the centre console. There, it's a beautiful, relaxing drive, and I, I think it's for us. A lot of us maybe that way. Now, what are they saying about economy? Mm. Well, that can vary. That can vary. Number one, if you buy, it doesn't matter what you buy. If you want economy, you're going to start into eco mode, right? And you're going to do your best to get the, the maximum and keep a few bob in your wallet. So you're going to vary. If you do, on the petrol, you probably would achieve anything from 46 to, to 51 miles per gallon, which okay. is not bad for a petrol engine. That's yes. plenty of work. And, of course, the other... the the electric is claimed to do over about 34 they are about kilometres so yes. very interesting times yeah yeah it is interesting times let us bring in the man who's been listening intently to your review there he's James Brooks he's the MD of Opel Ireland good afternoon James Good afternoon. Good to talk to you and to you and your listeners. Uh, good to talk to you too. Well, here we are, Mocha. I mentioned you've done well over the years with this car and you hear Tony there, he really likes it from every angle altogether. It is a looker, isn't it, James? Yeah, we're delighted. Look, it's a design-driven car. You're nothing, you have to get people to look at your car and we're delighted with how it's, how it's turned out and the initial feedback that we've had from journalists this week is very, very positive. What about the range? Uh, just to focus in on this for a moment, Tony alluded to it there a moment ago. Uh, you know, it's available, of course, Tony dr- driving the petrol. It's in diesel as well. The electric, 324 kilometres. Um, I suppose people are listening today. And people have this conundrum, uh, James, uh, uh, before them, uh, when, when they are upgrading or changing cars at the moment. What do you say to them about the whole electric area? Because people will say, look, the cost is prohibitive. Is there enough charging points? You know, charging at home. What do you have to say in electric? I suppose, look, 
the, the, the market is moving towards electric. If you look towards 2030, one of two things is going to happen. Either Europe is going to ban the production of these cars or the Irish government is going to stop people buying uh, petrol and diesel new cars in the Irish market. So we're having to adapt. We're having to move people towards us. But, you know, the early adapters are the people that are saving, they're saving money. There is an initial cost, but there's a hell of a grant there on sale that Opel Mocha at the moment is a €10,000 grant on that car, um, So which is, which, is, which is great. You also have the convenience factor that most people will end up putting a, a charger at the side of their house. With, with Mocha, we, we have a partnership with Energia. Uh, if you switch your, your electricity to Energia, you get a free charger at the side of your house. That stops you going into the into the, the, the petrol station. So you have great, you have great convenience. But the average car uh, trip that people take in Ireland is around 15 to 16 kilometres. We're not all driving Dublin to Cork every single day. Yes. So when you've got a car with a range of 300 uh, kilometres, 350 kilometres, you know, for lots of people, there's, there's a week's driving in that, you know? Yeah, it is. It's a huge range. I, I, I certainly give you that. I've always, and I've been at Tony about this regularly as well, he, he drove the petrol today. You have a diesel option there. Diesel's going to be around for a while. Yeah, diesel's not, diesel's not going to, to go away. Um, there's people that do do longer driving and maybe, maybe it suits them. But there is a shift in the market slightly away uh, from diesel towards petrol and obviously towards the, the, the plug-in hybrids and uh, the, 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 the electric engines. It's still here. Manufacturers are still uh, producing them. But what you'll tend to find is there won't be as much new technology. Where, where car manufacturers and, and Opel are one of those, that where we're investing our money is in the new technology, the range, electric vehicles and so on. There's not as much money going back into in, into diesel engines now because really in, the reality is we won't be producing them in, in, in 10 years' time, you know. Okay, but there's that span of time still still there for uh, people. Yeah, who, yeah, yeah. yeah. and people there, are yeah. buying them. People are buying them, I know that. They are, they are. But, it, you know, there has been a noticeable shift yeah. over the last two or three years uh, away from, from diesel. Now, uh, across your range, we're talking about the Mocha specifically today, but the, the little Corsa really has uh, made waves in its own segment. Yeah, Corsa, Corsa came out around this time uh, last year it's in the traditional B, B segment car so it's gone it's gone very well for us um, we have an exciting range of cars and vans we, we're launching Mocha this month and as we move over the summer and into the autumn there's, a, there's, there's some new product coming along including the, the, the Insignia and uh, we're also introducing electric vans for the first time I had an insignia once in my lifetime. Beautiful car, and I can only imagine the the evolution of it as well. Tony, back to yourself. Just before we finish up, the, yep. there's a, the Opel uh, are you know how moving in leaps and bounds and a new beginning here uh, with uh, James uh, here in Ireland. Yeah, well, look, look. If I sound a little bit excited about the cars, in fact, the car speaks for itself. What I saw over two short drives, and as I mentioned to you about the build quality and the German aspect of it, we Opel were lost at sea there for a while, Jerry. Let me know what about it. Now, in my view, it's lovely as, as a car man and the rights of a car and enthusiasts and everything like that. It's nice to see them back in the Premiership. The base is only a short time back, but they're back. And they, they can only go one direction with the people that have and with the new models. There's another six new models coming on. I even see here today there's a press release about the new combo e-life electric thing that will appeal to taxi people because it's going to be such great grants to these taxi people to adapt. And this thing will have something like 
2,100 or whatever meters of space with the seats folded. Now, go back to the market. I said I had 350 meters with the seats upright. I'm absolutely correct in saying that. But that one, they're folded. We'll go down to 1,200 litres. And it will easily carry with split seat stuff. Thanks, Thank you. And uh, Tony, uh, no need to remind you, I remember him well myself. And in fact, he was a guest of mine on this show a few moons ago. Arnold O'Barnshire, he was as famous as the Taoiseach in the country when Opel uh, aligned themselves with the FAI during Jack Charlton's era. <laughs> well, I'm laughing. I'm laughing because I don't, I don't know James. Uh, James, I know James come back to the Opel days. So, so like, uh, as the fellow says, that's where he got his tr- a better of his training ground and he's certainly certainly knowledgeable and open so many different yeah. cars uh, so yes of course come back to Arnold Bourne but that's what at the time I remember Opel being number one in the country back then yes. and, and everyone was speaking of Opel because it was on that jersey like, what a magical time like with Jack Chaps and Ireland doing well and everything and it's going to go I'm not saying they're going to have sponsor or sponsor anything but it's going to go back it's going to become a spoken about name again and I don't like to see anything that was very common and love people nearly going into nearly going into its past tense. They're back as a team, new distributor. Just to say to you, Tony, that the man is alive, alive and keeping well. And if we're talking about the old and the new. Just for your listeners, we recently appointed uh, Blackstone Motors in uh, Cavan and Dundalk. So one of the one of the offers that we have, just when you were mentioning electric vehicles and people having the question on them. We're so confident with our electric vehicles. We're prepared to say to, to, to any listener or any customer out there, buy an electric vehicle for six months. And if you don't like it, we'll change you into a, a petrol or a diesel model after six months. That's a hell of an offer. That's a hell of an so, offer. You can't you know, go wrong. That no, you can't go wrong. So, you know, the early adapters, it's great. It's great to be there. But we're, we're that confident and that it is the way to go. So call into any of the Opal dealers and, and, and have a look. I remember having uh, the first of the new model Astra. I think it was in the late 90s, a black one. Uh, LH5 was the registration. I can't just remember the year. And I remember buying it from McChesney's. Uh, Robert McChesney up in Clontibbert. Yes, yes. Robert and his Brian is operating it now. Yeah. Um, We're in They're still still going well. It was a great dealership up there, still is. Yeah, I remember uh, picking up uh, that van. I had a second one then uh, subsequently. So, Tony, just uh, just James, just before I go to you, before I finish, in the current climate, Tony, you mentioned it there, uh, sales are online at the moment. Uh, it's been a hamper or a hindrance? I would look at the whole, as I said there before, it's a whole new education. It's a whole, it's a whole new beginning as such because I've no doubt at all about that the more trades have adapted fantastically well, but they got the training ground back the last recession. The last recession, it, it, it was absolutely dreadful on people. And I reckon the more trade are so resilient here, they're going, they're going to claim through this. They can go on virtual and look at this car. Look, you can see the honesty to think this changing. Three years ago, two years ago, would you have heard an MD on a radio station saying, if you don't like the car, bring it back six months time? Like, where would you see that? Yes, you're right, Tony. They've had to move, uh, shake and move and uh, move with the, the... You were here with me during the awful recession that they came through, pulled through, saw better times, and this pandemic has been a real tough one. You know, people love to go in touchy-feely, see their cars, but it is operating online. But as I say is, it's certainly having an impact on new sales, but it's doing 
uh, well, it's ticking along and please God, we'll be back in the showrooms able to touch and feel and sit in and drive uh, in the uh, near future. Tony, I'm going to leave it there for today. Thank you so Very much welcome. for joining me. And James, James Brooks, thank you for taking our call today. You're more than welcome. Good to talk to you. Take care. You too. Man. Take care now. Bye, boys. That's uh, Tony Conlon there, our motoring man, and James Brook, MD of Opal Ireland. Making an appeal to you again, and I'm always conscious of this myself. It's so important at this time that we think local when we're shopping, because if we don't, what lies ahead is very bleak. But if we do, we can ensure that our local businesses are there for the better times, which are coming. They are on the way. So it's so important to think local when you go shopping, because I think of them because... Many times in my life I went to them looking for sponsorship for sport. I know they're great charities. They're there and follow up and support when you buy from them in aspects of business. And, you know, they're us. They are us. Those people are us. There are our people. There are family, our friends, our neighbours, you name it. So, really, when you are shopping, and I know people do a lot online, but a lot of local businesses have an online presence as well. Remember that. But do, when you're shopping, think local, please. Let's play our part. And when you're out there, keep that word local in your mind when you're buying. It's so, so important. Thank you, Mark. Jerry, uh, listening uh, to you there about the pancakes, I'll just say this to you. My mother's sauce for the pancakes, two ounces of lemon juice, two ounces of butter and two ounces of sugar. Mix them up, Jerry, onto the pancakes. <laughs> You're right, Eamon. Eamon, this show today, it's tough. This is a tough job when you're you're talking about that type of stuff. I can just taste it. I can taste it as I call it out there. Mark, I'll be doing your sauce. I will with the whole meal uh, pancakes. There's somebody else. Jerry, would you just repeat the name of the the mill and the flour? It's Martry Mill. They're in County Mead. M-A-R-T-R-Y. Martry Mill and it's wholemeal flour. You'll get it in super value and many local multiples. You heard uh, James telling us earlier, northeast and surrounding counties, look for it. It's wonderful. It's well worth uh, getting. It'll make a huge difference to your baking, I promise you. Um, SpongeBob. Any SpongeBob fans out there? Do you, do you watch SpongeBob? Our Louise was telling me this morning that it's huge. It's huge with the children still. Do you know that they're... Uh, they're now uh, translating Spongebob. Spongebob is now Trigelga in Irish and uh, air Netflix. You can get it on Netflix. And guess who is one of the big voices on the new Spongebob? You'll never guess. You might think Hector, would you? No, it's not Hector. Dahi O'Shea. Dahi O'Shea. Dahi is one of the, from Rose of Trilly fame, is, is the one of the big voices on the Irish version of Spongebob. Martrymill.ie, that's where you need to go. The recipe for the pancakes, what have I started here? Martrymill.ie, the recipe for that lovely pancake recipe is there. You can pick it up online. Jerry, can you wish Mel Thornton a massive happy birthday? He's the big 6-0. Lots of love from all his family. And a happy birthday from his granddaughter, Sophie, who loves him so much. Loads of kisses for you, Grandad, on your birthday. Ah, he's so loved. Have a great one. Have a big, big birthday, Mel, and enjoy. Now, uh, my artist of the week is none other than the wonderful Dusty Springfield. Picking up the story, despite the fact that she was a big star uh, in the mid-70s, Dusty's run of successes began to wane. She wanted out of the media spotlight and lived reclusively for a time 
in the USA. She did release a couple of albums in the late 70s and once again they were critically well received. She began performing again on the club scene in New York City and returned to the UK in December 79 to a sellout concert in the Royal Albert Hall. However, none of her records from a time in the 70s up to 1986 charted in the top 40 in the UK or in the USA. But in 1987, her career was revived when Dusty teamed up with the Pet Shop Boys to record What Have I Done to Deserve This? and a new wave of success followed. Then, in 1989, she released this absolutely brilliant song. Dusty Springfield, my featured artist of the week in private on Late Lunch this afternoon. And we continue the Dusty story tomorrow. Nice to hear from you, Jerry. Jerry, just listening to your interview there with the guys about Opal. I was delighted to hear you mention McChesney's. I love my insignia. Oh, lovely car. Certainly is, Jerry. Dermot was the man, I remember. He was a great uh, Dundalk supporter uh, that I bought the cars from there in McChesney's many moons ago. Now, up next on the show, we head to our final break of the afternoon. And Gronya Connor from Monaster Boys has been joining us from time to time in the last year because, as you know, Italy was just flattened with COVID. But there's light on the horizon and we're going to hear about it next. Yes, uh, just getting reports of some snow falling in the north. So you're going to have that. You're going to have flurries and little bits and bobs. But as I said... Hopefully, hopefully I'm not wrong on this one. We won't be uh, deluged at this time. They're hardly under snow in Italy at the minute. Gronya Connor, hello again. Hi, how are you? I'm Sorry, really... I'm a little bit hoarse. <laughs> you're all right, you're entitled to be hoarse. What's the weather like there with you? Um, it's wet and cold today. Is it? Yeah, but not as cold as us, I'd say. I'd say... No, I think we're supposed to have another cold snap next week. But it's about four today. Oh, you're doing well. We're lower than you in Ireland. Yeah, we're lower than you at the moment. Anyway, thank you for joining me again on the show. Just remind our listeners, where are you in Italy? Just tell them again where you are. I'm on Lago Iseo, Lake Iseo, and I'm about an hour's drive from Milan, about 30 minutes from Bergamo Airport. Lovely. So we know where you are now on the map of Italy, and you have been joining us, as I said, from time to time in the last year, roughly a year now when you think about it. I know. Uh, you know, when you, where has it gone? And, you, you know, I can think back to the first time we talked and how bleak the situation looked. Where is it now with COVID? What are the restrictions like there now, Gráinne? Um, well, we're now where we're, we're classed as zone yellow. So everything is open in the, till six o'clock in the evening. So that's bars, restaurants, everything, hairdressers. Although I have to say hairdressers and barbers didn't close this lockdown. They just felt it was more, it was essential that people could go to get their hair done. I don't know why it was deemed that way. But um, everything is open till six. Restaurants and bars can do delivery or takeaway from 6 to 10 p.m. And then we're on a curfew from 10 p.m. till 6 a.m. in the morning where you can't leave your home unless you're going for work. Okay, so that's uh, in place and people... is back. Oh, (laughs) Oh, I hear the joy. No wonder your horse, you're probably singing on the top of your voice. Uh, Oh, I'm up the top of the mountains like (laughs) Julie Andrews. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so school is back in? Yeah. And how long are they back? Well, Emily went back, that's the younger one, she's in middle school, she went back 
Um, I think it's a couple of weeks after Christmas. And then Caitlin, the older girl, is in Superiority, which is kind of like a higher grade of secondary school. Um, and she's 50%, so her class is halved. So 50% were in last week and 50% are in this week. So that means next week she's home, but the following week she's back at school. It's to try and keep the numbers low on yeah. public transport. And they have them staggered. Some come in at 8, some come in at 9, some come in at 10. So they leave at 2, 3 and 4 so that the, the buses aren't overloaded with people. Yeah. So you're delighted. But time, uh, yeah. You're delighted. First time in a year, they're both at school. <gasps> oh, my. But but from, from their point of view, I'm sure they're thrilled to be back with their friends and getting out and about as well. Yeah, and it's very hard on them doing their online lessons. It's like kids need interaction with other kids. They need to be able to, like, kick and pinch each other and have yeah. a giggle like mm. all kids did and do. Yeah, like it's you know so what I mean, important. like you need your friends. You need to be able to have a bit of fun with your friends, be mm. it like a, a deep meaningful conversation or a giggle or a, a game or whatever. Yeah, yeah. No, it's beneficial and, and and for you too. Talk to me about though the opening of bars and restaurants, hairdressers, etc. When was that restriction lifted? Um, let's see. About two weeks ago. You see, we kept everything closed all over Christmas. If we were on complete red zone, nobody could leave their homes. You, you definitely couldn't leave your town or your village. So I think we went to Orange then near the end of January, which meant that you could move around a bit more mm. and bars and cafes could only do takeaways. Right. And then I think it was, about, it was about a week ago, maybe a little bit longer than a week ago, that we can go to bars. Like I was actually in a bar yesterday. <laughs> Oh. We had an alcoholic drink yesterday. We, we can only there's only can only be four at a table. Yeah, but um, I mean it's better than nothing. Why? Do you know what you've just done to everybody listening <laughs> to today? All of loudness. You've I just annoyed loud and me in block and beyond that are listening. You're thinking I didn't that woman you know rubbing what? it in. I'm going to I'm going to make it worse. I'm having my hair done on Friday <gasps> as well. <laughs> oh, no, you've just put us all into a spin here. But seriously, do you know what I've picked up from what you said just a few moments ago? Do you know what? It's quite clear now. We made There's light a, at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, there is light at the end of the tunnel, but you know what we did? We made a balls of Christmas here. We did. This is where our whole problems in January came from. You kept it locked down there in Italy and really locked down in red, which is the really highest level. Really yeah. 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 And like uh, here as well, although the shops and clothes shops and that are open, everything is still closed at the weekend. So that they're trying to stop people from a mass exodus at the weekend, out shopping or out to Ikea or wherever you like. That that doesn't happen at the weekend. That's okay. still not allowed. Okay, so there are uh, quite a number of re- restrictions there. What about the, um, you know, are you, do you get the news like we do every, we're all waiting for the phones to beep at about a quarter to six. Then we're on uh, looking at the main evening news to get the figures there of cases, of fatalities, mort- the mortality rate and other figures as well. I- is it communicated like that in Italy? It is, but you know what? I check in once a week. Mm. I don't. I don't listen to it every day because I just think that you don't need to know every day. Mm. And it is. I, I don't think it's great for your morale. Yeah, I know. To think know. about all the people in hospital mm. and just keep your head down, do your bit. 
Yeah. And I just check in once a week. I think I did check because I knew it was coming on the radio. Um, our cases are about 10,000 for a population of 70 million. And where we are in Lombardia, they're, they're very, very low. Okay. Because, I mean, we, we had the worst cases at the start of it. Yeah. But it's, they're very low now at the minute. Okay, so it's and going... there's even talk that they might even open the ski slopes later this oh, month. Oh, so there you go. Things are looking good. Well, the only thing, if you go skiing from here, it'll cost you at least €4,000 and two weeks in uh, quarantine compulsory when you come back. And and that is that is in law here now at this stage. Um, look, it, it, there is hope and, and we hear what you're saying. And what about vaccines? What's happening there with the vaccine? Well... Nobody in this house is at the age where we would need to be vaccinated, like high up on the list. Yeah. So we've just been told that when you, it falls in your age category, you can then contact your doctor. Or we have a thing called the ASL, which is like our local health centre. We can contact them and book in for vaccination. But I don't see that happening any time before September, to be honest. OK, so what they're doing is similar to here, the older... Yeah. At-risk categories, yes. health-facing and staff. The, the health staff, yeah. yeah. All being vaccinated and, and that is the priority. But they chose you with a complete lockdown at Christmas into New Year. No parties, no going out, no eating. No, you're you're reaping no the rewards now. Yeah, we even had a curfew. Um, you had to be home by six o'clock. If you were out for a walk or anything over Christmas and New Year, you had to be home by six o'clock. You could be arrested on the street, so... Mm. I mean, we're all a bit afraid, but uh, no way, it, it paid off. It wasn't fun at the time, but look, if it's one Christmas out of a lifetime, I could have done it. What about it? Yeah, that is, that is so true. Uh, you tic-tac, I know, with the folks back home, and you know the situation we're in here now, you know, since Christmas, 5th of March is the next uh, day. We're waiting to hear what's going to happen there, but the word is that it's going to be a painfully slow reopening because of what happened in January. They're just so nervous about things. But look, uh, the lesson is there in Italy. Uh, be tough and tight for a period of time and see what has happened beyond uh, you're heading in the right direction, which is fantastic. Grania, yeah, lovely to talk to you. And you. Take care. We'll oh, be in no, touch and enjoy... Look at the end of the tunnel, it's coming. It's, it's coming, coming and that's the message. You know yes, and that's the message we want to put out there for everybody today. Enjoy your beer and the hair. Woohoo! Well done, you. All right, talk to you soon. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. That's Grania Connor, originally from Monaster Boys in Italy. Are you listening? They got it right at Christmas. It's getting good out there. Ski slopes could be open again. Ah, listen, there's hope there is. And we keep on tidier right down on this thing. And our day will be soon when the restrictions will be lifted. Eddie's coming next with The Drive. Enjoy wonderful music and more. Stay with us here on LMFM Radio. And don't forget to come back tomorrow for your Thursday fix of Late Lunch from 1.30. See you then. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Strahda Dundalk and Cavan. Our service departments are open with all HSC and government guidelines in place to keep you and our staff safe. Sales are click and deliver only through our website, blackstonemotors.ie. Stay safe from Blackstone Motors. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. 
Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.